Hi, my name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed, Bed Crime, Crime Stories, Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Dude, I just zone so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look up and everyone's staring at me and I'm like, oh, it's your turn, bruh. That's me. Oh, oh goodness. hello. Hi, everybody. Happy day. <laughs> I don't like saying like good evening because I don't know when you're listening to this so happy day happy whatever day this is we're recording this mostly at night we always record in the evening and we Mm -hmm. release the episode in the evening so it's so easy for me to be like hey how's your evening but Mm -hmm. you could be listening to this on your drive to work at 8am and I don't know oh yeah (sighs) all right (laughs) (laughs) anyway all right well it is uh time for true crime headlines so I'm really excited i yes i'm I excited need, too I, I ha- we've we've taken a little bit off so i'm really excited to hear about some headlines we have I, taken a couple of headline weeks off this is true so i have two headlines obviously my first one is from mycentraljersey.com. Ooh. Yeah. And this headline is, oh, I'm sorry, this was published on, it was published on the 31st of August, but it was updated on September 1st, 2021. And the headline reads, arrest made in 1999 killing of Sayreville High School student named Nancy Noga. A Barnegat man has been arrested and charged with the 1999 slaying of Sayreville High School student in one of Middlesex County's oldest unsigned unsolved homicide cases. Bruce Szymanski, 49, was indicted on first-degree murder, first-degree felony murder, first-degree aggravated sexual assault, first-degree kidnapping, and third-degree possession of a weapon for an unlawful purpose in the killing of 17-year-old Nancy Noga. He was arrested Tuesday near his home by members of the Sayreville and Barnegat Police Departments. Good. Yeah. Okay. And can I just... I'm going to show you her high school picture. Tell me she doesn't look like Jovi. You guys could be related. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? Have you never seen fuck? her? That is cr- no, I never seen her. She literally. No, looks she has like, like your fucking nose. It looks. She like, looks like you in high school. Yeah, it looks That's like y'all could like be related. Her hair's better. Her Mine hair's was different. A frizzy mess. No, her hair's different, but that's literally what you looked like in high school. Yeah. That's crazy. Literally, as your high school best friend, I have it on authority to say that that's exactly what the fuck you looked like. Actually, she has brown eyes, though. You have green eyes. That's, That's crazy, right. though. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yes. So, happy that uh, that is on its way to being solved. she got... So, yeah. yeah. Justice for Nancy. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Very exciting. All right. So, my second true crime headline comes from People.com. Because I couldn't find a second one. And when all else fails, you go to People.com slash crime. Mm-hmm. And this was published also on September 1st, 2021. And the headline reads, Masked Intruder Still at Large After Stabbing Oregon Woman 19 Times and Killing Husband Who Tried to Protect Her. Did the woman survive? She did. Holy he passed. Fuck. Yes. Um, authorities are looking for a person responsible for attacking a young couple in the Oregon home last month, killing the husband and seriously injuring the wife. Travis and Jamalyn... Or Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn. Uh, Juton were sleeping in their home in rural Marion County on August 13th. Shortly after 3 a.m., a masked intruder broke in and began to attack Ooh. them. Travis, 26 years old, died from multiple stab wounds. Yeah. Jamie Lynn, 24, was seriously injured after being stabbed 19 times. Jesus Christ. They were supposed to fly to Hawaii the following day. A person who was going to watch their house and cat sit while them... Or, nope. 
no, and Kat sat for them while they were away, was sleeping in the next room. That person heard a noise and called 911. The assailant fled the scene, and they have not identified any suspects or disclosed motive on the attack. What the fuck? Yep. And uh, he died saving his wife's life. Jesus. Well, not crazy. I have a true crime headline that I want to tell you all about because okay. I just said it and then everybody didn't know. Yeah, bonus and headline. I <laughs> didn't know about this story until recently. Okay. But it says confession emerges 32 years, which actually I got this off of AlbuquerqueJournal.com. Uh, mm. But confession emerges 32 years after infamous killing of student. And basically, it says there's been a break in one of Albuquerque's most notorious unsolved cases. Caitlin Arquette, the 18-year-old daughter of uh, author Lois Duncan, was shot and killed as she drove home um, east of downtown uh, Lomas in July 1989. Okay. Duncan, who wrote the suspense novel, I Know What You Did Last Summer, pushed tirelessly for answers until her death in 2016 at age 82. Dang. She wrote the book, Who Killed My Daughter? And it detailed her search for clues in the case. So said throughout the years, theories uh, abounded. Two men were arrested, but the case was eventually dismissed. Um, Some suspects, a so-called mafia running insurance scams was involved. Or that's like suspected. Uh, suspected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it said the case grew cold. Uh, Then during a news conference on Tuesday, which this article was published... um, August 24th, 2021. So this was a week ago while we're recording. Mm-hmm. It said it was announced that the department had a suspect. Dang. And it said Paul Ab- Abdaka, uh, now 53, was uh, arrested by University of New Mexico police officers in July after he confessed to various crimes. Wow. One of them was the fatal stabbing of a 21-year-old who was walking home from a get-together at a fraternity in June 1988. And the other was the fatal shooting of our cat. Wow. So. Shit. Well. Yeah, when I saw that, I got goosebumps because I was like, that's so fucking crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is Like, crazy. I didn't even know, like. I know what you did last summer. I've never even seen that movie either. The what? first one. <laughs> no. I was going to say, if she didn't see Scream, there's no way she saw I Know What You Did Last Summer. No. Oh, my God. I Know What You Did Last Summer is good. It's not as good as Scream. The second one is bad. Yeah. I Still yeah. Know What You Did Last Summer is really stupid. It's really bad. At least Scream, all of them are good. Okay. Scream and Scream is better than I know what you did last summer. Okay. I mean, it's it's fine, you know. Freddie Prince Jr. can't really complain about that. Mm, not really my type. Sorry. I love Freddie Prince Jr. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I even love him like now. He's like aged very well. Ryan Phillippe was in I know what you did last summer too. Mm-hmm. He's kind of cute. He's, He's very, very hot. Cute. He's a... Uh, Cruel Intentions. Oh. oh. I just got chills thinking of Ryan Phillippe and Cruel Intentions. Like, literal up my spine chills. I got oh. chills in other parts of my <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> chills up my... Sure, spine. We'll go with spine. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. We'll, we'll go with that. stick with that, okay? Oh. Well, thank you for that bonus headline. Yeah. yeah. So, kind of segue, since we're talking about Scream yes. again. Since we're talking about Scream again, we're going to hit uh, Nikki's bed crime story for tonight. So, when I originally did my last Scream story, Charlie wasn't thinking of that as being the Scream story. Mm-hmm. So... I found the actual scream story that she 
was thinking of. Yes, yes. So um, my sources for today are all thing uh, all that's interesting dot com, and of course Wikipedia. Doy. But honestly, Wikipedia took me to all things that are interesting. Yeah. Or all that's interesting. I don't know why I want to put all things. (laughs) All things that are interesting. All of the things that you might find interesting. I just wanted to (laughs) put it in there. But this one's actually very. It's very short because it's just. It, it is what it is. It is what like, it is. It's there's very not, yeah. There's not really yeah. anything in depth. This one kind of reminds me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this reminds me of your first murder that we covered. Um, mm, what's her? Name? I don't think oh so. God, what's her name? Emma. 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 There's yeah. just something with the bo- the boy the boys. Bo- yeah. You know what I'm saying? It remind yeah. it reminds me. Not exactly the same. Yeah. But there's a just a young girl. Remind it reminds me of her. Yeah. Yes. So, um, on September 22nd, 2006, which is this actually happened a lot more recent than, right? like, I was thinking of it to mm-hmm. be. So, uh, 16-year-old Cassie Jo uh, Stardent was house-sitting for her aunt and uncle just a few miles away from her own residence in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, they were out of town and hired Cassie to come take care of their three cats and two dogs for the weekend. Which, as a teenager, that just sounds like the fucking dream. Dude, seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting paid to hang out with animals Mm -hmm. by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Cassie was known to family and friends as a responsible straight-A student. She didn't do anything but attend school, the sheriff uh, responsible for her case later said. Mm -hmm. She didn't do anything but uh, be friends with somebody else and just about everybody. So that night, Cassie invited her boyfriend, uh, Matt Beckham, to join her at the house. Matt, in turn, invited his friends, Tori... Um, who brought along Brian Draper. Mm-hmm. They came over to the house to hang out. Mm-hmm. Which I fucking hate when you invite one person and Dude, they invite seriously. other people. It's like... Yes. I wanted to hang out with you, not your bros. Yeah. There's a reason why I invited just you. Yeah. Just you. So, Cassie gave uh, the friends a tour of the house, including the basement. The two boys um, were from that hometown and unknown to anyone, um, were keeping a deathless that contain the names of several of their friends and classmates. Which, that's just very Cute. odd to me. Cute. That's the boys that, that's I don't a, know. That's a move. It's um, a move. So one such name was Cassie. Um, the two boys spent about two hours at the house before leaving, but unbeknownst to Cassie, Brian had unlocked the basement door so that he and Tori could sneak back in later that same evening. Mm. So said when the boys returned, they parked down the street put on dark clothing, gloves, and masks. They snuck back into the resident through the uh, basement door while Matt and Cassie were watching uh, TV in the living room. Brian and Tori proceeded to make loud noises in an effort to lure them downstairs um, to scare them. But when that didn't work, the pair located the uh, circuit breaker and turned off all the power in the house. Which that would just freak me the fuck out. Especially since it's not your house. Yeah, it's not your house. You're like, I don't know where anything Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Uh, this frightened Cassie. Matt later remarked that one of the family dogs kept staring down the basement stairs, barking and growling at what seemed to be nothing. Uh, dogs always know. Yes, they do. So Matt called his mother, hoping to get permission to spend the night so that Cassie could be at ease. But Matt's mother refused and offered instead to have Cassie spend the night at the Beckham ha- house. But ever responsible, Cassie declined, saying she needed to be there for the pets in the home left in her care. Yeah. She promised her aunt she was going to stay there. Yeah. That's right. So this uh, decision would ultimately prove fatal. At 2.30 p.m., 
Uh, Matt's mother picked him up before Cass, uh, before leaving Cassie at the house home alone. On his way home, Matt called Tori's cell phone to see where he and Brian had gone, hoping to meet up with them later that night. But Matt could barely hear Tori when he answered as he was talking in a low whisper on the phone. Matt assumed that meant they were out um, watching a movie. Of course, they were still in the basement below Cassie. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a second time, the boys threw the circuit breaker and hoped Ca- uh, Cassie would come down to turn the lights back on. When she didn't, they went upstairs. Brian was armed with a dagger-style weapon, and Tori had a hunting knife in his hands. Mm. Brian opened and slammed a closet door, hoping to scare Cassie, who was asleep on the couch. With this attempt failed to frighten her, uh, Brian and Tori attacked. Because I think she just kind of slept through it. Right, right. Or just hoped that mm-hmm. it isn't what it was. Uh, the two stabbed her approximately 30 times, 12 Jesus. of which were fatal. Um, so the forensic pathologist, Dr. Charles Garrison, later testified that most of the fatal wounds struck the right vertical of Ca- uh, Cassie's heart. So they basically mm. left her body there to bleed out. Jesus. And they left her. The following day, Matt and Tori met up while Matt uh, repetitively tried to call Cassie. Her uh, body wasn't recovered until two days after her murder on September 24th, 20... Or, sorry, 2006. Mm -hmm. I keep wanting to say 2020. (laughs) 2006. The responding officers noted that Cassie's body was covered in blood and riddled with deep lacerations and stab wounds. Mm. It didn't take long for investigators to determine that uh, Tori and Brian were the last people to see Cassie alive. Tori was um, interrogated that same day, and he initially told detectives that he and Brian had gone to the house at approximately 8.30 p.m. to attend a party. When the party never materialized, he and Brian left the house to watch a film, after which boys, uh, both boys slept at Tori's house. But when the detectives probed Tori about the movie he reportedly had seen that night, he couldn't remember anything about it. Three days later, later, Brian led law enforcement to a stash of evidence he buried in the Black Rock Canyon area. The evidence included two dagger-style knives, a silver black-handled knife with a smooth blade, a folding knife, a red and white mask, latex gloves, and a damning videotape that contained footage of both killers basically planning Cassie's murder. So, it said, um, yeah. The tape also included footage of them later reacting to have killed her. Just killed Cassie, Brian was heard saying. We left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body. The transcript of the tape, which was later read out loud in court, demonstrated the callousness of the pair. While uh, with Brian also exclaiming how they'll make history by becoming notorious serial killers. Which to be a serial killer, you have to kill more than one person. You have to kill more than three people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they reference notorious serial killers like the Hillstride uh, Strangler, oh. the Zodiac Killer, and, and Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say it all together now, kids. Ted Bundy. Yeah, Ted we get it. Ted Bundy. We get it. They also mentioned being inspired by Eric um, Harris and uh, Dylan... From Columbine. Yeah, the Columbine Trash. high school shooters. Yeah. And the horror film Scream, in which several teenagers are killed by a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you... Ding, ding, ding. Like, when you... Yes. So, like, obviously, it was Gainesville Ripper inspired the movie. The movie inspired these mm-hmm. dweebs. Yeah. 
So on April 17th, 2007, Brian was found guilty of first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Um, one down and uh, one more to go. Casey's, um, sorry, Cassie's grandfather, Paul, said at the time. Her mother merely said, I'm just happy my baby got her justice. Mm. So Tori's trial began on May 31st, 2007, and he was convicted of the same charges on June 8th, 2007. Both received life sentences in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 30 years to life for the conspiracy behind their brutal slaying. Tori and Brian are still serving their sentences at the Idaho State Correctional Institution. That was the scream Jeez. story that you were thinking of. Yes. So again, I like scream. I think because whenever I hear the Casey Joe Stoddard story, it's always it's called they call the scream murders because mm-hmm. those idiots were inspired by the movie Scream. Um, so when you were telling the Gainesville Ripper story a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I couldn't put two and two together because that's not where my brain was going. Um but yes, because I, I was like, when I think scream murders, I think like, I think the Gainesville Ripper. Right, right. Man, what a bunch of idiots! Mm-hmm. What a couple of freaking. But I mean, dweebs. it literally was just. It was kind of what it was. It was yeah. They just was, yeah. There was no reasoning behind anything that they did. I just I think the thing that just drives me crazy is like. Get a fucking hobby. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but no, we're gonna have a kill list, be inspired by the Columbine morons mm-hmm. and the movie Scream. And I wanna grow up and be just like Ted Bundy. Like, really? That's the that's the goal? That's the dream. Ted Bundy's not that great. Ted Bundy's not not goals, my friends. Nope. But that is my uh story for the week. Very short and short, sweet, sweet to the point. And- damn bastards mm-hmm. well thank you nikki thank you're you for welcome telling me i like to kind of like keep in line with what i yeah what we are conversing about yeah i get it i get it um all right well thank you guys all for listening this week we appreciate you make sure you find us on social media bed crime stories at um bleh, nope bed crime stories on instagram and twitter um, you can also email us bedcrimestoriespod mm-hmm. at gmail.com if you want to send us any story ideas or uh, just say hey or pictures of your fur babies. Mm-hmm. We'll accept those as well. Um, make sure that wherever you are listening to this podcast, you like, subscribe, leave a review, five stars, tell a friend. However you can spread the good word, tell a friend. Um, uh, we, we appreciate all any and all recommendations, word of mouth or otherwise. And again, we appreciate all of you guys so much. I haven't said this in a couple weeks, so I'm going to say it tonight. Please be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. The world sucks, guys. So be nice. All right. So I guess that's it for this week. So thank you again for listening. We love all of you very much. We will see you all next week. But until then, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.